you got to go fishing, right? Like you have to get after it. Like you have to cast the rod. Like you can't expect anyone to, to oversee everything that you do. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Bradley Labrie. And today I want to talk about the podcast sponsor, Rentometer. Whether you already have an established rental business or analyzing your first rental deal, you know that getting the rent right is crucial to lowering investment risk and optimizing your rental income. That's why the go-to source for rent data is Rentometer. Property investors and property managers rely on Rentometer because it is the fastest and easiest way to access quality rent data for addresses and neighborhoods anywhere in the United States. You can also research current, local comps, trends, and property data. Don't take our word for it. Rentometer analyzes over 500,000 rents per month and gets rave reviews from customers. My property manager, myself, and my clients all use Rentometer anytime we were looking to purchase a new property to know exactly what we can get for our properties. Go to Rentometer.com today to get your seven-day free trial and save up to 60%. Grow your rental business smarter with Rentometer. What's up, everybody? Real quick before we start the show. If you go down to the description or the show notes for this podcast episode, there's a link and that's going to send you to a page that you can download our free ebook on. This ebook is really good. Brad wrote it and it covers everything that you need to know about house hacking in a very structured order so you can put all the pieces together. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 50 of the podcast. We have your all-time favorite guest, Matt Picaro, back on for your third show. Matt, we appreciate you coming on. It's always uh, always a good time with you guys, and uh, I appreciate you guys have a great listener base, a really smart listener base, and um, I'm glad that I'm able to bring some value to you guys and to your audience. Yeah, for sure. So so each episode, you were on episode three uh, of the podcast as well as episode 41, uh, and, and in, in both of those, we sort of went into detail on the 203K loan in general. Uh, you are at the 203K way on Instagram. Uh, and I believe it's the 203kway.com is your website. And so for anyone interested in getting more details, you have a course, uh, just a great community over there. Uh, but episode three and 41, we touched on the the details of the 203k loan. Of course, I have a fun spot for it. I utilize that loan as well. Personally, uh, Matt, I know you have as well. Um, but today's episode is going to be a little bit unique because we're going to dive into sort of uh, forecasting 2021 and beyond, and potentially yeah. a lot of the foreclosures that could be on the horizon mm -hmm. and how a renovation loan like 203K can be utilized. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's uh, this has obviously been uh, a very crazy year for everything, right? Uh, real estate market is definitely included in that. Uh, you know, we've seen things that have never really happened before. Um, we're also seeing some things that are kind of reminiscent of 2008. So, uh, you know, this next upcoming year, time will tell really what's going to happen. But uh, I think the writing on the wall is that there's definitely going to be some opportunity coming ahead. And I think, you know, utilizing a renovation loan, a 203k loan um, is going to prove to be really beneficial over the next year, year or two. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think, uh, like I said, I have a fun spot for 203ks. I think there's a ton of opportunity, um, and I'm really glad we had you on there. So let's sort of jump into question number one. We touched a little bit be, before the show about how uh, you know realtors uh, in specific and, and, and the lending world is sort of pushing uh, 
conventional wisdom, let's put it this way, conventional wisdom back in April, May was that when people lost this many jobs, when the, you know, when, when, when such a dramatic increase to unemployment uh, came about, it probably lowered the demand for real estate, but it's been the exact opposite. And it's been pushed by low interest rates and, and prices going through the roof in real estate. Uh, and obviously that cycle can't continue forever. Um, talk to us a little bit about kind of what you see going forward with these foreclosures uh, and, and sort of your forecast for 2021. I think you hit it on the head with uh, in regards to not no one really expecting what was going to happen. Right. Uh, you know, I you know, I remember kind of foaming at the mouth thinking that, you know, I'm going to be able to snap a whole ton of deals come uh, when COVID hit and all like the initial lockdowns happened. Right. I thought, you know, everyone was going to get scared out of the real estate market. There were a lot of people losing their jobs left and right and that there was going to be a lot of opportunity. And what ended up happening as, you know, as markets, markets tend to always surprise us, you know, it was the complete opposite. What ended up happening was, you know, the Fed um, in a, in a, in a very, um, knee jerk reaction just dropped interest rates down to near zero. Um, and what happened was you have a lot of the, uh, you, you know, you have the millennial generation, a lot of people that were moving into cities, moving into luxury high rise buildings, um, for work and everything all of a sudden, uh, you know, didn't need to be close to work anymore. They were all working from home. So very quickly, everyone, uh, ran out into the suburbs and started buying up anything that was out there. You know, to add fuel to that fire, you know, people were afraid to sell. Um, you know, the boomer generation, they were they didn't want to leave, you know, with with COVID happening. There's a lot of um, a lot of unknowns out there. So they wanted to make sure that they that they stayed put and weren't really listing uh, to add even more to that. The foreclosure and eviction moratoriums came on and you basically got rid of your entire low end of your market. You know, every healthy market has a top end and a low end, right? There's, uh, you know, supply and demand, and then, you know, uh, different different types of product uh, in the in the in the product line, right? You have, you know, your your higher end, um, you know, your higher end upper middle class neighborhoods, and then you have your lower lower middle class neighborhoods, and then you have your properties that maybe are tougher to sell because they're pretty beat up. Um, the reality is, is that all these people that were looking to move out into the suburbs in a hurry were just really only looking for, you know, the stuff that wasn't beat up. The U.S. Census Bureau just came out with statistics uh, just this past week uh, on the fact that they anticipate 33 percent of homeowners and renters facing uh, eviction and foreclosure within the next 33 or uh, two, two months. Um, and so, you know, what that really looks like, because the courts are so backed up and all of that. Uh, we won't really go into because there's so much to figure out as far as what what kind of Congress uh, figures out for the American people and stuff. But but let's talk about the 203K specific. Like, let's anticipate that there is a certain percentage of these uh, homeowners that are going to lose it. Um, we won't necessarily you can dabble in how much you want as far as where the economy goes. But mostly, like, where is the opportunity for 203K? Uh, borrowers coming up in 2021. The big upside with 203k loans is they allow you to buy beat up properties as is properties, foreclosure properties, properties that you couldn't just buy, you know, these these millennial retail buyers, 
they couldn't buy any of these houses anyway. So you're basically eliminating all of the competition right there. You know, very few people, I mean, obviously people on this podcast, uh, people that listen to this podcast, people that want to make a good financial decision. Yes, that's your competition. But I mean, anyone listening right now, you're in the 1% of the 1%, right? Your average, you know, Sally and Johnny, they just want to move in ready home and they'll pay whatever they have to, to get it right. They'll get, it's an emotional buy for them. The 203K, you know, you're able to build value into your property, right? You're able to get a deal, so to speak, right? You're able to build equity in your deal so that, you know, the first property or the next property that you buy, instead of, you know, paying absolutely top dollar and being underwater on your mortgage for the next 30 years or for a couple of years if the market tanks, you're going in with equity and, and you could use that equity to buy more houses, um, you know, expand your portfolio, invest in a business, whatever that is, right? So, so what I'm getting at here is the 203K really just allows you to only compete with people that are other people that are buying renovation loans. Here's the reality. People always ask me the question. They're like, how do you compete with cash buyers? The answer is you're not supposed to be competing with cash buyers because the reality is, is I'm a cash buyer, right? You know, in my flipping business, I can't pick up properties and make a deal as easily as someone using a 203k because the 203k loan as you guys may know, may already know is an FHA loan. You only need 3.5% down. You're using it you're using owner occupancy, right? You're going to house hack with it. So you're getting that super low interest rate. I mean, these interest rates are super low now. They're they're probably going to stay low for a little while, right? So, you know, whereas a cash buyer, you know, people people tend to think that cash buyers are just guys that sit on mountains and mountains of cash, right? No. The reality is you're, they're using other people's money. They're using other investors' money. They're using hard money. They're using private lenders, but all these people, they want to make, they want to see returns on their money. You know, the average return for a for a private lender or hard money lender is 10%, right? So you're you're putting a 10% interest rate versus a 3% over over 30 years. My deals are much harder to find than yours. And so this is what I'm getting at. When the foreclosures hit the market, the foreclosures hit the market at a um at a discounted uh, rate, you know, they, the foreclosures are definitely going to be discounted. The banks know that they can't sell it at top dollar because they understand that it's probably beat up and you're buying it as is. So you're, you're really only fighting against very unsavvy fix and flippers or other people within the 203k market. Foreclosures really aren't good deals for guys that do that do cash and fix and flips, right? You're able to pay way more than a fix and flipper is, ideally. Now, in this last year, you saw people overpaying for things left and right. But in a healthy market, in a healthy economy, the beauty of the 203k is you're going to be able to pay what the bank's looking for, and you're not going to have to really worry about the competition with, with these fix and flippers. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, once you, a lot of these like HUD homes and, and some of the other um, Fannie Mae properties and such, they will actually have uh, time periods for uh, owner occupied yeah. uh, yep. properties. So whether it's single family, whether it's multifamily, they allow 15 to 30 days, depending on uh, the particular protocol for that property um, for only owner occupied, which allows these renovation loans to come in and have even less competition up front where cash buyers, if they're buying it for an investment property, they can't even make an offer until a certain day uh, yeah. in the cycle. And so um, so that's another advantage for sure. Um, and and I, I mean, I bought mine from a bank. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's very doable, very practical. Um, you know, these I, I believe yours was as well. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was exactly also with that program you were just talking about. Home Path calls it the first look period. The the truth is is that a lot of a lot of a lot of banks have this. They're called different things, but a lot of banks, you know, they're they, they whatever they get on their end, whatever benefit they have on their side selling to homeowners um, to owner occupants. Um, you know, HomePath isn't the only one that do, does something like that. Again, HomePath calls it the first look period. It's like a 15 day period. You know, I put in my offer. They they re, they reasonably have to accept any reasonable offer that comes in during that period. Um, and again, in a healthy market. You know, they're not screening offers, right? Um, you're seeing a lot of very um, uh, immoral stuff happening right now in the market. You know, you're seeing a lot of offers getting screened, everything like that. Um, and there's a lot of blood in the water right now. So, you know, it's you know, like you said, with the foreclosures that are going to hit the market, um, you know, they're, they're out there. They're absolutely going to happen. I mean, it, there's there's no way the banks aren't going to get their way. Um, so when that time comes, you know, that little flood, that little, that little, uh, uh, glimmer of opportunity, it's going to be important to really have your ducks in a row and, and be ready to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. So let's talk about that. We have a lot of listeners that, uh, maybe have already done one, uh, sure. or, uh, you know, not necessarily a two or three K, but maybe they've done their first house hack. There are also people preparing for 2021 to do it. Um, let's talk to like the preparation because, uh, back in April, like we were talking about uh, in retrospect, kind of trying to figure out what was going to happen this summer, uh, like a lot of programs increased the the barrier to qualify. Um, I, you know, I personally had about a million dollars worth of uh, just clientele that lost financing during that time period in a lot of different uh, rounds because credit scores increased, that income ratios increased, things like that. Like, how should people start to, uh, you know, prepare for that? Because, you know, they may need to uh, increase their credit and things like that. So here's the thing. Um, you know, one of the one of the biggest rumors that got put out there as soon as COVID hit was that the 203k loan was um, was shut down, right? That it wasn't happening anymore, which is just simply untrue. What happened was, here's the thing, right? You know, you have a lot of these lenders out there, and and I've spoken about this on previous episodes. But you know, the biggest mistake people people make with the two hundred three k loan is they go to lenders that don't understand the two hundred three k loan and how it works. I fell victim to it. A lot of people do, right? Um, and you know, but and the reality is, is that you know, this is you know, this is one of the very the 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 many products that they offer, but it's not on, you know, it's not their bread and butter, right? Their bread and butter, at least during, you know, this crazy, you know, this crazy market turn that we saw with, I mean, dropping interest rates, you know, refinances happening like crazy. And then people buying up houses like crazy, their bandwidth was, was really only focused on that retail buyer market, right? Why are they going to waste their bandwidth, you know, when things were already crazy with, you know, with COVID kind of putting regulations on things and, and access issues and stuff like that, why are they going to waste their bandwidth on something that they don't do anyway? Um, the reality is the 203K was never shut down. There's, you know, the the, re, the real reality is that the guys that were out there doing them, that, that were experts in the 203K loan, continue to do it because that's their bread and butter, right? And those are the people that you want to work with. You don't want to work with the guys that do 203Ks here and there. It's a very niche specific loan product. And if you don't work with someone that actually knows what they're doing, it's you're going to have a bad time. And that's that's the reality of it. But the the good side is that when you find the right people in every market, and they are in every single market, when you find the right people, 
it becomes just like any other loan. You know, it has its it has its own protocol. It has its own set of steps. But you know, it's it's no harder than anything else. On you know any other loan out there, right? Um, as long as you know what it is. So you know, the the, the big the big thing was that people, you know, again, a lot of uh, a lot of loan officers that just that just don't understand, um, you know, the loan or the product or anything about it. They just talk smack about it, right? They tell people, oh, it's not out there. They closed it. They shut it down. FHA never shut it down. Nobody ever shut it down. It never stopped. It was the guys that never really did them anyway, just decided to not do them and used COVID as an excuse to get them off their off their books. Talk about that 60-second hack because uh, that that's amazing. Uh, I found a couple of lenders here in Metro Detroit um, through that a, a long time ago for, for clients and such. Talk about that 60-second hack you talk about of finding a, a lender the lender that is actually doing the most deals, uh, 203k in your market? Sure. So the FH, so since the 203k is an FHA loan, right? It's an FHA backed loan. Um, you know, government, when they do things, everything needs to be public knowledge. So, uh, there's something out there called the 203k endorsement summary, and it's very quick. You Google it, you type in 203k endorsement summary. Uh, the first thing that comes up is a link to the FHA website, um, and what it's going to do is it's going to give you a list of months and years, right? You scroll all the way down to the bottom. It'll give you most recent month, the most recent year. What it's going to do is it's going to give you a list of uh, all the companies that did 203K loans um, in your market, right? And, um, you know, the, what better way to know exactly who's doing it than the guys that are on the website actually doing them day in, day out, right? Um, so you use that. And, and what you'll find, though, too, is... Um, and, and this is something that, I, you know, I've learned over time, um, is that, you know, some of those are wholesale, um, wholesale buyers. So these are, these are buyers that they're basically like the end, the end buyer, um, that, uh, for these loans. Right. So when you, when you're, when you get a loan, they get sold off to someone. So, you know, sometimes there's these bigger banks and they don't service the loan, but they buy the loan. But all you have to do is you call these people up and if they are a wholesale, uh, you know, if they are a wholesale buyer of 203Ks, just ask them, okay, well, who's the loan officers that are sending you these in their in their market, right? You just take it one extra step. But basically what you do is you look for your market, you look at which company is doing the most of these in your market, you call them up and you ask them which loan officer can help you out, you know, who know better than the guy that's doing the most of them in your market, right? Because they're also going to connect you with the with the professionals in your market as well that are experienced with the loan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't stress that enough because I, I also uh, we had very similar situations um, on our on our respective uh, properties because we didn't have lenders that understood what they were doing. And um, and it makes for a real nightmare. Uh, same thing with, you know, a, a real estate agent. I mean, I know, you know, mine had not went through it at the time. Um, and so finding, you know, uh, a, a real estate, you know, a investor friendly real estate agent as well as a lender that actually knows what they're doing um, and mostly the lender because they're the ones that that really will, you know, set the tone for um, anticipating things and making sure it goes on a timely schedule. So that that hack was uh, instrumental. Um, you know, I'm constantly referring people to that little video that you have uh, yeah. on your Instagram page because uh, it, it it's really critical to find somebody that actually knows what they're doing because everyone will tell you that they under that they know of the product because they might have been briefed. But um, going through a few versus, you know, reading, uh, over the script of how to do it is totally different. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, getting, you know, people ask me, how do I do this? 
the the most important step of this entire process is finding a lender that does these things. They they are experienced in the loan. They're going to direct you where you need to go, and they're going to be able to help you out because they've done this a thousand times, right? Um, you know that is that is square one that you can usually get yourself throughout the through the whole process if you just start with that one thing. Um, and that, and that's, you know, again, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the tiny lever that makes the big move, right? Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's the best bang for your buck and it's going to make your project run way easier than, um, than it could. And, and, and really is kind of the reason why there's so many horror stories out there is because people go to the wrong lenders that, that every horror story about this loan always starts with a lender that never, never did it before. And it continues with, um, them not telling them how to find the right contractors and then just falling into the loop of just getting a fly by night guy to do their work. And that's how, that's how these things fail. But, you know, I, I, I tell my, my following, I tell my community all the time, like if you get that, if you get those, those two people on your team early and you, you know, you have the right guys, um, it's just going to run itself. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the other component of the loan, which is the consultant. Um, I was unaware uh, you know, during my deal that, that consultants existed because, uh, my understanding I believe is, is, um, the, the streamlined 203k is not, you don't necessarily need a consultant, but the, the one over 30 or 35,000 you do, is that, uh, is that the general basis? Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, because so I just say that because I didn't, uh, you know, I was instructed to do under 30. So I, I did about thirty-two thousand on my loan, and then I brought out about thirty thousand out of pocket just so that it would stay streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, d- I didn't know about the consultants. Talk about the consultants because I, I feel like they're an amazing piece of the puzzle. Oh yeah, the, I, I like to call them the two hundred three k tour guide. Um, you know, here's the thing, right? There's two hundred three k consultants out there, and just like any other profession, there's good ones and there's bad ones, right? Um, and you know, at the end of the day, though, you know, in addition to the lenders who's going to know this process better than them. Right. Um, and you know, as I said before, the good lenders are going to point you to the good professionals and a good lender is going to use a good 203k consultant. So 203k consultants are kind of like lawyers. If you get arrested by the cops, um, you know, they tell you, you could use your own lawyer or one will be provided for you. Um, so I like to tell people if they want to take it a step further, uh, to start calling around the 203k consultants in their market. And you could find that very easily. Again, quick Google search 203k consultants, and there's a map and you can kind of call down the list. And, um, you know, you'll, 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 you're able to find the guys that are doing a lot of these, right? It's like, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? There's 20% of the consultants doing 80% of the, of the, of the 203k projects in your market, right? So you want to locate those guys and you kind of want to build a little bit of a relationship with them because they're going to guide you through the process. They know how to handle the contractor. They know how to build a scope of work. They, they roughly know what the, what the cost estimate is going to be. And, and it's important to lean on them, right? You do pay them. Um, it's a sliding scale. Um, it, you know, it's basically like an inspection. Um, you know, inspections usually go four or five hundred dollars, depending on your market. You know, these guys charge about the same. The difference with their inspection is their inspection is kind of contingent on what the property will be um, when you're done with the renovation, right? So, um, so these two hundred three k consultants, they're basically um, they're like the neutral third party. Okay, so what they do is they come in on your project and they look out for you, uh, the borrower. They look out for the bank. 
to make sure that uh, the bank is, you know, the bank is getting, uh, you know, a, a furnished property when they're done. And they're also looking out for the contractor. They're making sure that the contractor is getting paid for the work that's owed to them. Um, so it's, it's really great. I, I tell people all the time, it's like flipping a house on training wheels, right? Because you, you're, you're kind of removing yourself from the, um, from that typical, like, middleman issue when you're trying to figure out, you know, if, if the, if the contractor is owed what he thinks he's owed and, you know, you get into an argument with the contractor because you think he needed, you know, to finish this to get paid and he didn't. And this is a neutral third party. And he looks at what's done in the property and he pays them based on what's done. You know, it's, it happens in draws, um, very similar to any other project, you know, you get started, um, you know, 25% in, you call up the 203K consultant, the 203K consultant comes, takes a look. They're like, yep, everything looks good. Here's what you're going to get paid for. This is the work that you've done. And the contractor knows that the, they're getting their money. Um, that money is in escrow. It gets held in escrow by the bank. So the money's there. They can be confident knowing that the money's there. And they could be confident that there's going to be a guy that's there that's going to objectively look at everything that's been done on the property and pay them out. And, um, you know, they're a really great resource. And, uh, I want to touch a little bit on the, on the 203k streamline that you mentioned. Um, it's called streamline. Uh, I think it's actually called a limited now it's kind of the same thing, but like you said, yeah, it's a $30,000 limit, um, with a $5,000 contingency built on top. So people throw that $35,000 number around a lot, but, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion with that. A lot of people think that you need to stay under $30,000 on your renovation. Um, that's not true. That's only if you want to do the streamline now um, or the limited version. The thing with the limited version is that um, you like you said, you you don't get a consultant involved. And and what I will say is that the consultant is worth its weight in gold, um, right? Because they're keeping the contractor honest. Um, they're they're helping you build a scope of work. Um, you know, these days, 30,000, unfortunately, doesn't get you too much. You know, it depends on your market. You know, in, in in New York, thirty grand, I could sneeze and 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 blow yeah. thirty grand on a flip, right? But um, you know, in some of these other markets, thirty grand grand can get you a decent renovation, and it's good to have that that neutral third party that can oversee. So as much as uh as much as you don't need a, a stream uh um a two hundred three k consultant on a streamline or a limited uh, loan, um, a lot of banks often often ask for it. They often push it anyway. Um, and, uh, and, and that isn't to say you're limited to 30 grand, right? Um, you know, in many cases you're going to be over that and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing a full 203k as they call it. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 the renovation, a potential that you have is virtually limitless. Um, it's more limited to your, to your income and your, your financial, your financial, uh, criteria more than it is, um, you know, a cap on like how much you could do. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's why it's so important to be prudent, listen to podcasts like this, go through your course, um, because you just don't know what you don't know. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. I had just heard about the 203K. Uh, I obviously did not know you. I, I had, had no idea uh, anyone. I didn't even know the product existed, much less anyone that had ever done it. So um, this was all coming from the lender, you know, and, and they, uh, for whatever reason, you know, did did not want me to exceed that 30,000. Um, and uh, and so. Um, I, I, or I just can't remember why, um, it was such a issue about going over it. Um, but, but I just decided to come out of pocket with the rest, you know, cause we end up, uh, building in a, another unit, took a three sure. unit, turned it into four unit stuff. And there's mm -hmm. just a lot of red tape. So I just ended up coming out of pocket for the rest. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's so important because 
having a consultant, uh, you know, is, is crucial. And, uh, I've walked a couple of clients, uh, on the buy side through it now. Um, and I mean, consultants are, are, are very inexpensive. Um, and they, they help out a ton, uh, yeah. and add just an incredible amount of value. And, um, yeah, I mean, two or three K's are, are fantastic. So being prudent, my point was just being prudent and, and figuring out these things up front can save you a lot of time and hassle. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I, I like to tell people that my pig headed, like dumb determination got me through the process. You know, I'm one of these people where, you know, you throw me, you throw me in, in the water without any swimmies and I'm just going to have to try to fight it out. Right. Um, you know, what the, the craziest thing about this 203k loan and this, you know, the, the process for me personally, when I first did this, you know, I couldn't find any information on this thing, but I did know that there was, it was just so powerful. It was like, there's gotta be a way to do like, how could I not do this? Like, I was just trying to look for any reason why it wouldn't work or like any reason why it wouldn't be like super fruitful in terms of equity and, and, and cash flow potential for me. And like every stop I like tried to make and tried to figure out why this would be a bad idea. I just kept looking. I'm only coming out like 10 grand out of pocket. Like even if this thing completely flops and I make 50,000 equity or 20,000 equity, I'm doubling my money. You know what I mean? And it was like every stop that I, that I made and like every time that I came to a, to a road bump, it was just like, it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter because at the end of the day, it's just so powerful when you know how to leverage it. And, you know, you know, I tried for years before I got my first deal, you know, I tried like three or four years of just trying and failing every which way, trying wholesaling, trying like to get other people to lend me their money to flip houses. Like I just wanted a deal so bad. And when I finally found this thing, I was like, man, why did it take so long to figure it out? And then I realized why, it, like you said, there's no information out there. And it was, I wanted to be prudent. Like I wanted to uh, do the research, but there is no, there's nothing out there about it. And, and the reason being is, you know, it is complex. And, um, you know, my goal with it has, you know, my goal since I started this community was, you know, people were asking me and leaning on me for, for advice on this. And, you know, I wanted to just become a resource for people and kind of take the taboo away from this loan and, and just really spread the word so that more people could take advantage of it and, and, and really, really, um, cement their, their financial, um, you know, their financial goals for their life, um, building off of this one deal. Yeah, for sure. And I tell people all the time, there's a lot of money, uh, in extreme optimism and there's a lot of money in extreme fear. And you generally see like pundits they're on one side or the other for the yeah. most part, you know? And so, yeah. uh, I'll never forget like in, uh, 2016 to, uh, like 17, I was flipping, um, like, like you do. And uh, people like Robert Kiyosaki and a lot of people in that um, sort of realm were talking a lot about, you know, financial crash. And I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they've, they've been talking about that for like five years now, you know, but like I remember thinking, man, like I got to I got to prepare and, and things. And one thing I talk about the two or three K with people and why uh, combining like the Burr strategy with with house hacking, uh, which is kind of what this aims to do, this yeah. loan aims to do is that it creates that buffer. And so, like, even at the depths of 2008, uh, in most markets, only retracted uh, about 30%, depending on right. the market, of course. Just, just in general, the average of, of uh, the, the property values. Yep. And so, you know, if you're able to buy a property at 70% and continue to have that buffer, no matter what the economy does, even if it retracts to the depths of, say, a Great Recession, which I don't know if, you know, we're predicting that or not, but just even if that were to happen... Um, you know, you have that buffer and that's why, 
you know, adding value like this loan does is so crucial is that it kind of it's that nuance between it. Like you can you can hedge against the, you know, the, your particular market uh, increasing and, and growing over time. But yet you create that buffer in between to where if anything happens, you're still OK and you're not underwater. Absolutely. You know, I get asked all the time, Matt, what's happening with the market? What, 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 you know, is now the right time to buy is now the wrong time to buy. Here's the thing, man, the strategy I teach that, you know, the 203 K way, as I call it, it, it's recession proof. And it, and it's basically because it's built off of those things that you were just talking about, right? Like I am, I don't care where we are in the market cycle. If you're buying 60 cents on the dollar and you're making sure that it's going to cash flow, cash flow comfortably, you're going to make it through any recession because number one, if you have to move out for whatever reason and, 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 you know, for say, let's just say that your, your, that, um, your home value does, does decrease under what you owe on the property. If it have, if it cash flows healthily, you just hold it, you just hold it. And, and you're, you're earning on that cash flow. your tenants paying your mortgage off and you're, you're, you're paying down that principal out of no pocket of your own, right? The reason 2008 happened and, and, and killed a lot of these buy and hold investors is because they were buying with absolutely no meat on the bone and nobody was buying with any, with any cash flow potential. They thought that these things were just going to be up and up and up and these, the property values were going to get, just keep going up and people didn't buy right. You know, at the end of the day, if you, you can get a deal in any market, right? Some of the best deals are made in the worst markets. And it's, it's because, you know, people are, you know, people stay patient and they know what to look for. And, um, and you can do that right now. You know what I mean? Even at the top of the market, you know, I've, I have students that I coach that are still, still buying deals. They're still finding deals. They're out there. Um, you know, it's just, obviously sometimes it takes a little more time than others. You know, the challenge right now is not having the foreclosures on the market, but that isn't to say that there isn't as is properties that are out there that are just beat up that need that need a buyer. Right. And, uh, you know, as long as that's what you look for and you look for something that you could build enough meat into the bone, um, it, it's recession proof. It really is. Um, and and, uh, you know, I, I think with the house hacking, you're 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 hedging yourself against that as well. Right. It's you're combining two strategies that are making sure that you are really making a super solid and, and smart financial decision. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at it, the amount of people that lost their job this year or had their their hours reduced for a period or a long period of time, maybe still currently. Um, but we know a lot, we have a lot of friends um, that that were able to ride situations like that out because they had such a low cost of living. Oh, forget um, it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, of course. And, and so, uh, I mean, like you said, you can find these deals in any market. Uh, you can find them uh, in a lot of different ways. My, my wife and I are closing on another uh, multi-unit this coming week. Um, nice. and, and, you know, we've, I've helped a few people now find landlords that hadn't had taken for granted their properties for a while. And all of a sudden everything hits and tenants take advantage of them to a higher level. Right. And, and they completely either don't pay rent for several months. Uh, maybe they do a combination of not paying rent and destroying the place. Uh, and there are just a lot of places in my market that aren't uh, foreclosed on yet, but it's just that landlords self-managing uh, have not given the properties enough attention. And now they're in distress to where there's opportunity in that um, because it's such a you know small uh, subset of people that are willing to take that on. As landlords, you have the ability, uh, especially with a 203K, to renovate the property if it's been neglected. And, and uh, you know there's just a lot of opportunity, whether it's on market, off market, 
to go, drive for dollars, find properties that have been a little bit neglected, find people that aren't, you know, that are uh, fi- trying to file for eviction. Um, you know, you can find lists like that and, and, and mail those landlords. Just a lot of opportunity right now, I think, um, because landlords are getting hit hard right now, too. And that's why I mentioned that 33%, because whether you're buying foreclosures or you're just buying from landlords that aren't getting any money, there's opportunity. So here's the thing, right? You know, the, there's 30, you know, a, a third of the population is not paying their rent, okay? Um, that yet the property values are still are sky high, right? So you're going to have a lot of 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 landlords, you know, older landlords, tired landlords that are really going to want to get the heck out of their small multifamilies, right? Um, and 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 again, that that's going to be a, an opportunity that's going to present itself undoubtedly in the next couple months, the next year. Um, so it's just knowing that that's coming, knowing that it's on the horizon, you know, it's not, it's not about timing. Like, you know, I tell people, people that try to time the market end up waiting forever until they die. You know what I mean? You're never going to time the market correctly. If, if, if you could time the market, we'd all be billionaires. Right. But the, the reality is, is that you look at, you look at where the market is right now and you make a, you make an informed decision on where it's at right now. It's more important to take action on it than, than wait to time the market. Timing the market is like just this like big newbie thing that everyone gets stuck on because they're trying to like min max their results and they're trying to like maximize the potential. But the reality is like, I tell my, I tell my following all the time, like, you know, you got to be looking when you look for deals, you got to be looking for like singles and doubles. Like people get so caught up trying to hit a home run that they never actually execute and they never actually get started. Right. Like that first deal opens so many doors for you. That second deal opens even more doors for you. Like it's, it's such an exponential growth in real estate investing, like in the first couple deals. Um, and then once you have a couple under your belt, like it's just off into the races at that point. Right. But the first one is the hardest and trying to swing for the fences for that first one, you already have a lot of things working against you. Don't add that to the mix and try to look for like these crazy, crazy deals. Like just, just strike while the iron's hot. And you know, the iron's, the iron's hot right now. Like it's, it's definitely, especially for those small multifamilies, like that's awesome that you picked one up, but um, you know, you got to tell other, you know, everyone listening right now, like there's so many more of those out there um, that are coming. There's people not paying their rent. There are people, but they they know that they can get good money. So a lot of these guys are just want to gonna want to exit. They're gonna take take what's theirs. They're gonna you know make the equity that they have on the property, and then wait it out. You know, and get, maybe start over or maybe just retire. Who knows? Yeah. No. I, in in my market, you know, Metro Detroit, um, there's a lot of opportunity in that. Um, and you know, I think one unique thing with house hacking is the nuance that comes with it, um, because you know, people like Brandon Turner echo your sentiments. They're just a lot of uh, kind of you know, and, and I do as well, that your first deal doesn't have to, you know, d- certainly doesn't even have to be a double. It could be a single. My first deal, I lost every penny. Uh, you know, yep. my, my tenant got murdered. Uh, it was just a nightmare, you know, and, and I lost every penny story. To it. Yeah. And um, but, you know, I, I tell people the same thing. You know, if you focus on just the ability for it to cash flow and, you know, I think that tells everything else. I, I'm 100 percent agreeance with you. You know, these speculators that that base solely on appreciation. I mean, that, that's a, that's a scary game to play. It's a death focus, sentence, man. Yeah, it's a death if, sentence. If you focus on the numbers of cash flowing, uh, especially if you're a first timer, uh, you could read a thousand books and listen to a thousand episodes of the podcast. It'll never replicate, replicate the, what you learn and the confidence it gives you to do your first deal. 
And so it's hitting a single. It took me years to figure that out, man. It really did. Like I'm an analysis paralysis guy. I'm an engineer by trade. I I need to know every step. And I mean, you hit, you're, you're a hundred percent right on that. Like I, I think, I think one thing that I try to tell people, if there's like one piece of real estate advice I could give anybody is that you have to go before you're ready. You're never going to be ready. You're never, ever, ever going to be ready. The the deal's never going to be perfect. The stars are never going to align. You have to you have to jump and take that leap at like a fifty percent confidence level, right? Like, you know, I walked into this two hundred three k. I had no idea what I was doing, and in retrospect, I still don't even know how I got roped into it. Like, I I didn't do it by my I didn't do it by like courage of my own. I really had, I, I had a lender who was a family friend who kind of pushed me into it, right? Like before I knew it, I was signing the documents for my, for my loan. And like, I just blinked and it was like, because he was pushy, like I thank him so much for just pushing me over the edge and like, just like not giving me a choice. Just like, again, just throwing me in the water without my swimmies on, just being like, try to stay above. And, and, um, you know, it took me years to get there. So, I mean, that's the biggest piece of advice I could give, man, is like, yeah, like, of course, read, of course, you use pot, like, listen to podcasts, but do that as you're taking action. Do that as you're making offers, like do that as you're like actually getting out on the street and doing the stuff. Um, because you're, there's no magic pill out there. There's no, there's no one podcast where it's immediately going to click. Um, it's all, it's all stuff that's going to just kind of help you keep your mindset, but action is the most important thing. And, and like, get that one deal. Like you said, that first deal was a loser, but was it really a loser? How much did it teach you about real estate? You know what I mean? Like, that's not a loser at all. That's, that's, that's a huge learning experience, right? Yeah. And I mean, of course there's ways to hedge from, uh, from doing what happened to me. You know, I didn't have, um, I didn't have like a great mentor or, or a, a really good real estate agent or something on that first deal. I bought it off market. Uh, and that was part of the, you know, learning curve, uh, because I didn't have, I didn't do an inspection on it. You know, like there's just a lot of things that I did wrong with that deal. So that that's not a deal to replicate, but to Brandon Turner in your point, um, like if you literally buy a deal that's that's average deal that cash flows that you do an inspection on, you make sure that there are no uh, sewer issues. You know, if you're in an older city like Metro Detroit, New York, I'm sure New York uh, has a lot of you know sewer issues. Like making sure sewer is not an issue, making sure foundations not an issue, making sure plumbing and electric and the big big ticket items aren't an issue. If you make sure those are good, you get in a, a pretty decent area. You vet your tenant, uh, you know, to and you find a good tenant, and you just hit a single. What you'll learn from it, the confidence you'll you'll learn from that deal will far outweigh any monetary gain you could have got from that first deal because that first deal isn't going to make you rich. You know, the second and the third and the tenth deal and, and the, the preceding deals are going to end up making you rich in real estate. That first deal, uh, you know, focusing on on, you know, hitting a single, gaining that confidence, it'll just exponentially push you, in my opinion, uh, in your real estate career. Oh yeah. And it did for me. And, 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 you know, I, sometimes I think like, what if I didn't get pushed, right? Like what if I didn't have that lender and I try not to think about it. Right. Because again, I, I suffer from it so badly and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are in my, that were, that are in the same world and, and they feel that way sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, you know, listen, and, and, and here's the thing, I've had plenty of mentors throughout, um, throughout my real estate career. And, uh, the other thing is too, is the same way, like, like the real estate mentors, they help, right? They, they, they help shorten, they help shorten the learning curve for you. Um, they help, 
you know, kind of hit the fast forward button on a lot of stuff and they look over your shoulder, but you still have to leap, right? Like they're, they're going to, again, you could, you could, you can, um, teach a man to fish or, you know, you could give a man a fish or you could teach him to fish and he, and he eats for life. Right. Like they could, you know, you gotta go fishing, right? Like you have to get after it. Like you have to cast the rod. Like you can't, you can't expect anyone to, to oversee everything that you do. Like the best students that come through my program are the ones that like just do, right? They, they ask me the least questions. They're the ones that are like the most just proactive on like, just like taking a little bit of the resources that I give them and then just going after it and hitting it. Right. Like they're not, they're not overanalyzing every step. The guys that get caught up are the ones that are just like thinking through like 17 different situations of each step. Right. Like I do the step and do the step and then find out what happens, right? That learning experience is going to be way more important than just asking me, you know, to give them a ton of answers. Right. So, um, and, and my, and my mentors do that for me too. You know, I find myself doing the same thing that I'm talking about. Like we're all victim to it, right? Like, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, like a mentor is a mentor is there to tell you things that obviously aren't obvious to you, right? Like if it were obvious, if it was something that you understood, if you, if it was something that were obvious to you, you would have done it already. Right. The thing is, is when, when a mentor tells you to do something, it shouldn't make sense, right? Because if it did make sense, you would have done it. So, um, you know, they're, they're pushing you to do the right thing. But, uh, at the end of the day, you're, you're the one that has to actually take the action. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, like you said, I mean, finding, you know, finding mentors, a lot of ways comes in just adding value to people's life. At least for me, you know, I've, I've, uh, the people that I consider a mentor, I've never really asked them to be a mentor. I've just provided value. And in return, I've, I've been able to, you know, breathe in their osmosis. Um, yeah. and, and in, in return, they've given me some very, very valuable life advice. Um, and so, you know, just providing value to people, uh, you know, and, and, and getting around them and, and learning from them has made, you know, made paid great dividends for me. Uh, and I see that replicate itself all the time. And, and like you said, action, you know, I, Failing forward, you know, is basically, I think what you were, you were talking about. And, Absolutely. And it's uh, scary, but it's yeah. super true. It's super true. Failing forward is, you know, there's never, there's never failures, only learning experiences. Right. So, um, if you always have that mantra running in, in your head, like you, you, you're, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And my favorite thing, Gary, Gary Vanderchuk, uh, talks about it all the time, like within his podcast, like, I, you know, he's like, people tell me all the time that I just repeat the same content. He's like, I hope so. Because my goal is that you listen to me for a shorter period of time and then you're off doing whatever it is that you were set out to do, you know? And so exactly. it, his mantra is just about action. And, and so, yeah, I mean, this industry, uh, can be brutal at times. Um, but, but if you, if you consistently take action, uh, and you surround yourself with the right people, you know, like you said, the right lender, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta search for two or three K I say the same thing about real estate agents. It baffles my mind that, that maybe less than 10% of real estate agents actually invest. Uh, you know, they're, yeah. they're within an industry and, and they don't actually reinvest. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But finding the right, you know, if you're going to use a real estate agent or even wholesale, it doesn't really matter. Somehow you're probably going to find your first few deals. Either one of those, you have to you have to be very true, you know, because you talk about it a lot. Wholesalers are, I would say, 98 percent of wholesale deals I see. There's only like two wholesalers in my market. that I'll actually trust the numbers uh, verbatim um, and, and almost all the rest of them are just overinflated ARVs underinflated repairs, you know, and so right. you just have to really vet the people that you're getting deals from. Um, and, and same thing with the lenders and finding good mentors, you know, agents and lenders. Yeah. You know, um, 
Trust your gut. I, I just made a post the other day, you know, real, getting real estate deals is part numbers, part trusting your gut, man. Like, I think that's just an overlooked thing. And and people, it makes people uncomfortable because you can't quantify it. You can't quantify gut feeling, but you'll know, you'll just know on some things, right? Like if the deal stinks and you feel weird about it, like chances are it stinks, right? Like, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, um, you know, there's a, there's just a lot of instinct in this game. And unfortunately, like I said, like it's uncomfortable to know because people like tangible things. People like their handheld, the people like step-by-step, step, you know, but the reality of it is, is that you're going to have to, you're going to have to just kind of go with your gut on some stuff. And like, you're just going to have to, like you said, just, just fire on some things and, and just do like Gary V always says, like, just do like, you'll figure it out, but just do it. Talk people through the, uh, the course, what they can learn. I mean, this is a great time right now. It looks like around the country where, uh, there's a little bit of restrictions going on, maybe a little bit more heading into the winter. Maybe people have a little bit more time. Uh, if they're looking forward to 2021 to potentially capitalize, uh, some of the foreclosures coming, um, utilize maybe the 203k loan, uh, which is, you know, flipping on training wheels, house hacking and burr on training wheels. Uh, what does your course offer? What, what, what should people look forward to? Cool, man. So yeah, you know, over the last couple of years, I've really been kind of molding what, what works for people seeing, you know, seeing my students and seeing people that follow me, what works for them, what doesn't, you know, obviously this has been a learning experience for me too. I never expected teaching people this, right? It kind of came out of literally a need from people and people hitting me up on bigger pockets, people hitting me up in real life, just being like, how the heck did you do this? So, um, it's kind of been a labor of love for me the last like year, year and a half, uh, since I've created the 203 K way community. Um, so really what it's morphed into is, um, what I found, uh, probably in the last, last year, most specifically is, you know, the guys that I work with, the guys and gals that I work with, uh, that do the best are really the ones that, um, I work with really one-to-one. -one. Um, so I've, I've kind of created, um, a very like small mentorship program. Um, you know, it's like a close to hundred percent success rate, but basically what it is, is, uh, it's something it's my, it's my whole 203 K way system. It's basically, you know, the step-by-step -step from, you know, getting approved, you know, getting approved for the, for the loan, writing it out to planning the project, you know, getting your contractors in line, how to find the right deal that works per perfectly for the 203k and then moves down the process of finding tenants, um, renting it out and then, you know, leveraging that deal into future deals, which is really the most important step of the process, right? It's like using this first deal to basically finance and be the foundation to all future deals for your, for your real estate journey. So, um, so I have something called the first property formula and that's really the system, um, that I use to get that first deal under your belt or your next deal under your belt. Um, first property formula, first property being the first property that's going to build all your future deals. Um, and then, you know, along with that is just be working one-on-one -on -one with people, you know, coaching, uh, you know, talking to people one-on-one -on -one and, and really just helping them, uh, over the shoulder. So, you know, what I, what I put together is I put together a live training for people that are really maybe on the fence about whether this would work for them or not. Um, you can get it at the 203kway.com, uh, slash free training. Um, and basically, you know, it, it gives people a whole 30,000 foot view on, you know, the way I basically did this, did this deal, um, and how you can replicate it yourself. Um, and then if things work out, you know, you have some options there on um, potentially joining the group and, and working together and, and having me look over your shoulder. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, my content, 
I tell people more than enough stuff to do this on their own, right? You know, for, for people that are looking to kind of press the fast forward button on the process a little bit, or just want to really, you know, like I said, you want to have like 50%, um, confidence in what you do. If you want a little more confidence, the 60, 70%, you want to make sure that you do it right the first time. Um, you know, I offer that, I offer that support for people. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. So kind of, uh, fast forwarding after, after house hacking, you, turned to flipping. You've done uh, a few this year. You're about to close on another one. Um, walk us through kind of what that's been like, uh, you know, flipping now and and being more active with contractors more often uh, and, and sort of what you're looking for uh, in that industry for people that maybe uh, are also, you know, maybe uh, looking beyond 203K, they're going to do one uh, and maybe they would like to flip like you. Talk a little bit about that process. Um, so a couple things, man. So, so basically, you know, at, I got into my next deal six months after my, uh, after my, my 203 K deal. Um, I did a flip six months later, basically I used the equity that I built on that one property and I parlayed it with, uh, some hard money, um, and did a, did a small little deal. Um, and it was a quick fix and flip, you know, made a nice little profit on it and, and just kind of kept rolling it from there. Um, you know, I think, so this year has obviously been a challenge with everything going on and foreclosures. Typically in the past, we're always my bread and butter, right? So since they've since they've been gone um, and and kind of offloaded off the market, I've had to I've had to restructure the way I do things a little bit, right? And you know, put put more focus into off market leads. Um, that deal that we were talking about earlier, the one that I have coming up. Um, that's an off market lead. And, and, you know, that's not my forte, right? Uh, you know, I'll never sit here and try to be an expert on some, some of these flipping tactics. Right. But, uh, but the reality is, is I knew that I had to make a change. I knew that I couldn't just buy off the MLS anymore. I, I knew I couldn't buy foreclosures. I couldn't depend on, um, asset managers that I typically dealt with, uh, that used to get a lot of foreclosures. I needed to really get out there. I literally drive for dollars, uh, old fashioned way of doing it, but it freaking works, man. And, uh, you know, I've had some leads come through and, uh, you know, I have this one that I'm about to tie up and hopefully close on very soon. And, um, you know, it came, came from that off market lead, but it took me a couple months to get, get the ball rolling on that. I won't lie. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from this year is just being true to my numbers. Um, there was a lot of deals like right when COVID started that, I stayed true on my numbers on and I didn't flex and and I didn't I didn't um I didn't fall victim to the feeding frenzy that's going on and it was very hard for me to do because again you know part of me just wanted to get these deals done right but I knew at the end of the day it wasn't worth losing my shirt on um and and I think sometimes having the power to say no especially in this market is really under under appreciated right like you know I think saying no to a bunch of deals that could have potentially really wiped me out um, was probably the best thing I could do this year. And it also gave me the opportunity to really focus on the 203K way and building up the content for that and and just helping more people um, rather than helping myself. So, uh, you know, going forward, it's it's just um, trying to trying to keep leveraging what I've already built and and really get to the point where I'm flipping, you know, 10, 12 houses a year. And, um, you know, hopefully from there, who knows where I'll go, but I, I just, I just love it. You know, that's the thing too. At the end of the day, there's just a passion there. Um, you know, I never thought that real estate would be the thing that I, that makes my clock tick, but, uh, it, it really does. And it, I, you know, I find myself always, always 
looking for the for the, for the next deal. I just my wife and I are looking for our own house right now, and it's funny like d- looking at it from the different angle now um, and trying to see how we're going to do that. And 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 it's funny like trying to <laughs> trying to look for your own forever home. And uh, and not look at it through the eyes of an investor. It's been a challenge. It's been very funny um, too. Like just seeing, just seeing how I react when we look at properties, and my wife telling me like, you know, this isn't a this isn't an investment deal. But I, I you know, I look at everything as an investment. So unfortunately, yeah. it's a curse. <laughs> right, for sure, for sure. Um, so so, are there any uh, books or podcasts recently that have helped formulate your your uh, your mindset and and sort of uh, helped you through this year? Yeah. So, um, so there's been a couple, I'm just trying to think, um, you know, I, I think like getting my, uh, obviously there's been a huge shift in the way that I manage my time, right? Like everybody's schedules, like basically completely changed I, a lot of people's right. Um, you know, for me, I, I have my engineering job. I still do that. And, um, you know, it went from like having to report somewhere to having to work from home for that. And just, you know, my whole kind of my whole, uh, my whole month, my whole daily schedule. And, and like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and like having that daily schedule completely flipped upside down was, was, uh, was something I didn't expect. So, um, there was a book and it's, and it's going to kill me because it's not in here and I don't remember the name of it. I could get it and you can maybe put it in the show notes, but it's basically talking about, um, actually, uh, plan tomorrow today. Yeah, plan tomorrow today or something like that. But basically, really, what the book is about is um, really just getting some structure in your life and like kind of you know building yourself to set yourself up for success. Um, you know, the biggest issue that I found in my business and my personal life um, is just being reactionary versus proactive um, and making that shift. Like just planning your next day, just planning like the three things most important things that you need to do, but writing them down on a piece of paper in your planner the night before it, it it's crazy the effect that it has on your on your stress level that it has on your productivity and like little stuff like that like a lot of my my time just keeps on getting sucked and sucked and i'm sure you can appreciate this and you know what you know never having that level of uh, attention that i needed to pay to all my different businesses and everything else that i have going on you know if you don't audit your time correctly and you don't really protect your time um, this, you know, this, this, this whole game could really eat you alive. So just focusing on, on planning my life more accordingly, um, has been, has been a huge focus this year and, um, it's proven to help me so, so much. I I can definitely appreciate that. Um, so we mentioned a little bit earlier, talk about the, your uh, website and where people can find out more about you. My best resource is my Instagram page. I, I don't know why it became the, 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 the main, the main, uh, watering hole where I, where I give all my information, but I have a great community on there and all the followers on there are super, um, uh, super engaged and everything. So I continue to post like all my best tips and content on there. So at the two zero three K way, um, is, is a great place to find me and find some of my best content. Uh, my new year's resolution for this year is to really start working on my YouTube channel. So you could just look up the two Oh three K way on YouTube. And then, uh, you're a member of my, of my Facebook group. I'm sure you could probably attest to, uh, a lot of the cool golden nuggets that are in there and a lot of the two Oh three K professionals in there. So, um, that you just go to facebook.com slash groups slash the two Oh three K way. Um, and you know, 
just jump in. Well, you know, say hello and uh, ask any questions you have about the 203k loan or renovation loans in general. Um, you'll find out very quickly that there's a lot of really supportive people in there, people like yourself who have done these loans and you've been a great resource to the group. And I'm always appreciative of your, uh, of your input you put on people's questions. So, you know, just continuing to build the community and really, uh, really help people out. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people in the group, a lot of, uh, informative questions, um, you know, people just asking, uh, questions that, that people want to know, need to know, and, uh, maybe even questions for newbies that they had never thought of. Uh, and maybe they, you know, maybe you had briefly touched on it in your course or in your book or, you know, on a YouTube uh, video or whatever, but it didn't kind of register. And uh, so it just brings a whole new light. I know this morning I, I saw somebody asking about whether, uh, you know, the payment starts um, right, you know, right when you close on a loan or when you're done with the uh, renovation. So just all sorts of things. Great community. You get to meet a lot of great people uh, in different markets. And uh, yeah, you've got a great community going in there. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, it's been a pleasure just, just seeing, I mean, the coolest thing is just seeing people keep on getting wins and keep and people like, you know, really starting their, their careers off with this. And, um, you know, again, if you wanted to also, if you want to just check out like the 30,000 foot view on this whole process, I know we, you know, we didn't get too much into the tactics today, but you know, I just put up that free live training. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, but, um, it's really an opportunity for me to kind of give everybody like the full, step-by-step process, start to finish, how I made this happen and how you can basically copy and paste that whole process. Um, and again, you can go to that at uh, my website, the 203kway.com slash free training. Um, and you know, anyone that's interested in it, you could use that as a resource. And I tried to really, um, really pour my heart out on that. And I worked hard on that training and, um, it's kind of been, been a labor of love of last uh, year or so is like kind of solidifying that training to make sure that I've answered everybody's burning questions about this process and really how they can make it work for them. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, I mean, this has a special place in my heart. I think, uh, um, I think finding anything with training wheels is important. Um, you know, finding, finding whether it's people or solutions like, like a renovation loan uh, to help you bridge the gap and finding uh, people like great lenders with a 60 second hack uh, consultants by figuring out which ones are doing the most deals in your market using the 80, 20 rule, uh, finding real estate agents that are using the 80, 20 rule, you know, the 20% that are highest producers, helping mm -hmm. investors, uh, just finding all the, all the people on your team, uh, you know, and, and all the intricacies of doing something like that and mitigating your risk uh, is important. And so that's why we, uh, we, we send people your way and implore people to, to check out that free training, check out the course, uh, read your book, things like that, just to get informed, get prepared, whether you're going to do one now, whether you're going to do one uh, when things start to be a little bit more conducive for foreclosures and, and, and investors and things. Um, you know, there's, there's opportunity out there, and, and I think a lot of people can uh, get a lot of value from going to your site. For sure, man. I, I think you touched on a lot of good stuff there, but, uh, you know, to chime in on that, nobody's self-made, right? You know, self-made is, is, is kind of like, uh, you know, it's a very egotistical thing to say, right? I mean, I'm not self-made. I'm, I'm made by, uh, you know, I'm a product of all the great people that I surround myself with. Um, and you know, 
being able to have this platform, being able to, you know, talk on podcasts, be able to network with you, you know, be introduced to other people and, and, and kind of be the support system that we need. You know, I, I think I've said it before on your podcast, you know, real estate investing is a lonely game, man. Uh, not many people know about it and it's hard, you know, you go, you know, you listen to your podcast and then you go back to your family who doesn't really understand what your goals are and doesn't understand the way that you think. And, you know, having these groups, having these, these podcasts, having these things, these, um, these outlets where we can continue to like, keep it, keep our mindset right. Um, is so important. And it's been, uh, it's been a cool year in the sense of, you know, I've been able to network with so many great people and, and help other people and have other people help me. And, um, you know, I, I will say the real estate investing community is really probably one of the one of the most selfless communities out there. And uh, I love seeing their support. And I love seeing um, all the information that people are willing to give to each other for free. Yeah, no doubt. So everyone out there, go go follow at the 203K way. Uh, incredible community. Find out more. Get plugged in. Get into his Facebook group. Check out his free uh, hour and a half, I believe, training that you talked about. Uh, he's got a book as well that I read. A while ago has a lot of great nuggets. Uh, he's got the course. Go check him out. Get involved with the community. Ask questions. Um, and Matt, we really appreciate you coming on.